0: Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight of the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes featuring the true story of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the emerging field of regenerative medicine, and the mysterious site known as America's Stonehenge. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to start listening.
1: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
0: Welcome back. Daniel Kovalik with us. We'll get to your calls as well. Daniel, you were talking about Gorbachev and some other Russian story. I'll let you finish that one up.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, when Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev ended the Cold War and um, the uh, Berlin Wall was taken down, you might recall Reagan's famous uh, speech telling Gorbachev to tear down that wall. Well, Gorbachev said, okay, fine, I'll tear down the wall. But the deal he made was NATO would not move one inch east of Germany. And that was a deal that Gorbachev made with uh, uh, then-Secretary of State James Baker. And guess what? Very shortly uh, after that deal was made, uh, NATO uh, started moving further east to the point where NATO is now on the borders of russia you know and and russia sees this as one a breach of that agreement and Mm -hmm. two as um as threatening to them and one can imagine if russia or in eastern uh countries had troops up to the u.s mexican border we might be concerned about that right um and so i just try to put these things into perspective in my book, you know, to try to see things the way the Russians see them. And and they see that we have been um, provocative in in terms of our actions. You know, we just uh, admitted the 28th NATO member, Macedonia. Um, And again, the Russians are scratching their heads why we need Western troops up to their frontier. By the way, Russia itself said it would be willing to be a member of NATO, because again, I think they want to be part of the West, and we have rebuffed them on that. So, again, I think these are things that people need to, to
0: keep in mind. Wasn't, Daniel, the Cuban Missile Crisis created because of us, because of our missiles in Turkey?
1: Exactly, yes. And again, I, I mentioned that in the book. Yes, I mean, that is why uh, Khrushchev put missiles in Cuba. And of course, the deal that was struck uh, to end the Cuban Missile Crisis is that the U.S. would take out uh, the missiles from Turkey which we did several months later and so and again the us now has missiles that it's given to Poland and um, and Romania that are now being aimed towards Russia again could you imagine if Russia you know had missiles in Mexico or Cuba uh, and again you as you state that happened once and we almost came to uh almost had a nuclear war over it
0: and so. truth truth be known with our submarines and their submarines it's like they're next door anyway we've yeah, got exactly. we've got you know the nuclear equipped subs can hit any city in Russia within 10 minutes they could do the same thing to us
1: yes so i think uh it that all just underscores how dangerous this uh, anti-Russia hysteria, and it really is a hysteria. Is you know, one I interviewed uh, about a year and a half ago, one of the experts, U.S. experts on Russia, who was a friend of Gorbachev, who was an advisor to him, Stephen F. Cohen. Um, you know, and, and Cohen, I stand, Stephen's
0: out, been on the show before too. He's a he's, he's been a,
1: a great you know, guy, and he mentions that you know he has never seen this type of vilification of a sitting Russian leader, even during the first Cold War. You know, Kennedy ended up having a, a, a friendship of, of a sort with with Khrushchev, um, Brezhnev, and Nixon got along. You know, and, and, then, and even the media would not vilify a sitting, sitting head of Russia in the way they do now with Putin. And it's just really... Uh, quite inappropriate and quite dangerous.
0: I guess, had he not been in the KGB, he might have been able to skate a little bit more. What do you think?
1: Well, maybe, although an interesting fact, you know, he... So, first of all, a lot of people in in all kinds of countries go into something like that, because, one, you know, they believe in their country, they want to serve their country, it's a way to get ahead. Do you know that uh, Putin quit the KGB... In August of 1991, uh, when there was that coup, do you remember the coup by the so-called hardliners against Gorbachev when they kidnapped him, uh, to, in the kind of a last-ditch effort to save the Soviet Union? That's when they
0: um, got him out, right?
1: They... Uh, well, they, he ends up getting put back in um, because of street protests. Remember that Yeltsin had led, and right, but that was kind of the beginning of the end. But the point is that Putin quit right after that, and why? Because he opposed the coup against Gorbachev. You know, he did not like that. I mean, the point being that the fact that he was in the KGB for a time, I don't think should should uh, taint him. Certainly, in the way that that people uh, here believe. And again, he quit when he thought that the the country was uh, in a direction that, frankly, the West thought it shouldn't be going in either. So that's, again, something at least to think about.
0: Good or bad thing that the Soviet Union fell apart, leaving all these splinter uh, countries?
1: I think, uh, and again, this may be controversial, but I mention this in my book, The Plot to Scapegoat Russia, that I think it was a bad thing. And, in fact, I'm not the only one. Uh, There's a lot of folks, frankly, from the Reagan administration, including a guy named Paul Craig Roberts, who was assistant uh, to, uh, secretary-treasurer under Reagan, who firmly believed that the collapse of the Soviet Union, frankly, was not good for the West. One, uh, the immediate thing is uh, that you still, and this isn't talked about much, though, you still have these unsecured nuclear weapons in some of the you know, uh, more remote parts sure. of the world. Sure, if they Union. haven't been
0: sold off to some rogue country or group.
1: Exactly. So, when the Soviet Union existed, they had, a, you know, they had some control uh, over that, which has now been lost. Um, the truth is, it brought a certain stability um, to the world that we don't have now. And in fact, you, you know, once the Soviet Union uh, collapsed, you, you very quickly had the war in Yugoslavia, which was certainly uh, precipitated. Uh, by that collapse, you had a lot of these inter-ethnic uh, conflicts. Um, again, in the former Soviet Union, you had the wars in Chechnya, which followed. Um, the other thing which folks don't think a lot about, uh, the, again, this Paul Craig Roberts, who worked for Reagan, notes, is that frankly it wasn't great for American workers either because once the Soviet, you know, the Soviet Union was huge and it was a, a closed economic system. And the good thing for for American workers was that um, it prevented uh, capital flight to the east. Right. Uh, and once the Soviet Union collapsed, the floodgates were open, and uh, a lot of jobs were lost uh, in the U.S. due to that. And you had actually 150 million people in the world uh, who were uh, who fell into poverty after that collapse. So again, I think. While people romanticize the collapse of the Soviet Union, and while the U.S. has declared victory over the Soviet Union, I'm not sure that, you know, again, that that was something that was good. And again, the Russians don't see it that they somehow lost. Things were changed for them, certainly. But again, this crowing over somehow we won the Cold War. Again, it's something that I think humiliates the Russians in a way that, that, that is quite um, unnecessary. The other thing I'll say again, which I think folks don't think a lot about, you know, the U.S. has strived after the collapse of the, of the Soviet Union to be the one superpower, right? We are the one superpower right now. And That's the other thing to keep in mind. You know, Russia is very weak now post-Soviet Union. Their economy is about the size of that of Portugal.
0: I think China has surpassed them in terms of strength
1: very much very much um but the unipolar world has not served us um that well uh again for because of the economic reasons i mentioned the other thing is you know this is a you know the u.s is a country that believes in competition and one thing that really helped this con- country was the competition with the soviet union you know you had a
0: it got us to the okay. moon
1: that's exactly right, and in fact, even Obama said we need that Sputnik moment. Even he reached back to Sputnik, which kind of suggests we don't get much done in this country unless you know we have someone like the Soviet Union, you know, uh, competing with us and forcing us to do that. Um, it's it's well known, and again, I mentioned this uh, in the book that 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 uh, the civil rights legislation was in part. Um, um, came about due to some pressure by the very existence of the Soviet Union you know in West Germany the the unions there used to say when they bargained uh, with the companies there was a third uh, partner at the table and that was East Germany which mm-hmm. put some pressure on the West to give concessions you know and that and that pressure is gone now and so you see the erosion of of the welfare states of social democracies again because there's a certain lack of competition with this other great system. But again, even if folks don't want to go that far with me, the the one thing that needs to be kept in mind is that system doesn't exist anymore. The grand confrontation between capitalism and communism doesn't exist anymore. So why this hatred and fear of 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 Russia which no longer is red. As I I mentioned in my book, you have a red scare uh, without any reds. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.